Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. And I am so excited to have one of my new friends with me, Demette. You are such an amazing lady that I love to like every time I like before the show, I'm like, we're going to have more coffee nerd out sessions because we could just talk and chat about just cool things about how humans work. So and the things that impact them. So I'm so appreciative of you for coming on the show today. Well, I am really excited to be here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have listened to plenty of podcasts, but I have never actually been on one. So uh, when I turned 40, I made a list of 40 new things that I wanted to do that I'd never done before. And that was many years ago, but I may go back and add to that list to be on a podcast just so I can check it off because that's one of the ways I nerd out as I make lists. And then if I do something that's not on the list, I go back and put it on the list so that I can check it off. So you know. I love it. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I, that was that would be fun to see what to keep adding to the list. I am. Oh. Yeah, I'm a list person too. And I will go in and it's like, oh, I did this. I did this. I need to tell myself good job. You know, mm -hmm. the, the satisfaction with just that, that checking. So. It, it is. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this later. But um, uh, my, my behavioral profile in terms of being organized and task oriented, one of my uh, previous coworkers used to joke because we were in a meeting and, um, you know, they were off wandering mentally. They were squirreling, as we say. Um, and I said, can we just get some check marks in this meeting? And so anytime that that former coworker, he'd be like, well, you know, Jeanette's going to keep us on task because, you know, she needs that kind of structure and list making and some check marks. So, you know, it's whatever's fulfilling to you and knowing yourself and knowing that you need some check marks. Amen. And I love that um, because that is so true. I'm, my poor kids, task at hand, task at hand, get it done. And so I'm, I call myself, I'm a doer. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so for people that do not know who you are, Danette, let's go in a little bit and just uh, tell a little bit about yourself, who you are. I am a wife, a mother, and professionally, I work in the electric utility industry. My official title, which I would not expect anyone to remember mostly because it's made up by me. Um, but that's the beauty of having a job where you get to um, not only make up your job description, but also your title. But I am the executive vice president of member services and strategic relations at the Tennessee Valley Public Power Association. And I'm also the vice president of our wholly owned subsidiary insurance company. So um, lots of hats and uh, lots of responsibilities, but um, that's a, a super high level nutshell. So. The show is called Unapologetically Bold, um, and we talk about how we want to be a hot human who is humble, open, and transparent, 
and no matter at homework and play. And I love what you're going to be speaking about today. And so I love just to hop on into it. What are you no longer apologizing for? I am not sorry for wearing skinny jeans and sporting a side part. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, so as recently as last week, uh, I discovered that skinny jeans, which have been the rage for so long, and I say so long, which is probably five minutes, and the side part, which I have also been sporting for so long, are um, fashion faux pas. They're no longer fashion forward. And so, um, you know, I this is a little, little side story here. Um, I lost some weight over the pandemic because, as I um, alluded to earlier, I have some control issues. And uh, I decided to control the things that I could during the pandemic instead of focusing on the things that I can't. And so I got back into my exercise and nutrition routine. Anyway, um, as a result of that, um, while baggy jeans apparently are coming back in and I would have been fine, I was trying to get pants that actually fit. And mm -hmm. so in the course of that, I've actually increased my skinny jean wardrobe and, and all of this ties together because, you know, I found out last week that that all of these things that I have in my closet, um, which are certainly part of your outward um, appearance and persona, were not going to be hip anymore, according to um, a different generation and the uh, the wisdom of, of TikTok. And so I thought, oh, Man, you know, I just, I really try to present myself well as um, a professional and also someone who's at least, you know, sort of tuned in to what's going on in the world around them. And so I had this conversation with myself and said, okay, I just got these clothes. And, and then I thought, why am I worried about, you know, something as an and please, I'm not going to resort into some sort of monologue like the Devil Wears Prada and talking about how fashion influences society and everything, because it does. But I, I, I don't want to, you know, get off on that squirrel train either. But I started having a conversation with myself saying, you know what? These things are good for me. The side part that I sport, well, you know, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I, I had a middle part. And I, you know, I've gone back there. It's not flattering to me. It doesn't make me look professional. I'm going to keep sporting a side part. And you know what? For my body type, which, you know, this is part of knowing yourself, knowing myself, I know that skinny jeans are much better than these high-waisted baggy jeans. And I can convert them into something that I am proud to represent physically because, you know, first impressions, people see you and they do make judgments. Whether it's fair or not, it is true. And so I am going to be confident and not apologize for presenting myself in ways that I know are more flattering and I'm more comfortable in my own skin, which means I can be me and I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not or try to fit into some um, fashion forward, you know, model that I'm not. And, and so while it, it seems like this, um, you know, very surface level conversation, I had that with myself and it was funny because we'd already talked about this conversation and I'd already been processing, well, you know, what am I not sorry for anymore that I was at some point and how did I get to not being sorry about it? And so then I was having this internal conversation with myself about something at like skinny jeans and a side part. And I thought, you know what? This is the exact process that I've gone through and all of the things that I'm not sorry for in questioning myself and why I was doing them and, 
and why it was or wasn't bothering me and how I got to resolution with it and to a degree of confidence that I could move forward with it and not apologize. That's the thing that I love about this is that it, I love titles too, that give like a hit of like, okay, tell me more. Because the thing that comes with this, it's, you know, your truths, you know who you are and you're not going to let what the world tells you define who, who you need to be. And I see this in every walk of life. It's even for my kids to what they're seeing on TV to even things that we may be telling them too. I'm as a parent, it's our sphere of influence and how it can impact us very huge if we let it, but the power of knowing what our strengths are, what we want to go for, how do we walk out? Um, and I think one thing that I love and I want to touch on more is you walking out in confidence. Well, I, uh, I was actually on a, um, a virtual conference uh, earlier this week or last week, I think, you know, the days run together, but anyway, and it was, um, I'm a big on um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but this was a different kind of hierarchy in terms of leadership. And the first um, on, on the hierarchy was information. You know, we can get all kinds of information and access to it. And the next is knowledge. And that is taking the information and caring enough about it to try to process and understand. And then, you know, to channel my inner Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. With knowledge typically comes that responsibility and power and leadership. And it, it's not a linear process from that standpoint. And it's not exactly the pyramid that you're going to climb. But it was really interesting to me because I hadn't I hadn't broken it down and compartmentalized it in those kind of building blocks. But to mm -hmm. get back to your question, you know, how, how I got there is, is I had a lot of information um, as you do as you grow up and have professional and personal experiences and, and those kinds of things. And so I had a lot of information and it was a um, the process of distilling the information and the inputs I was getting about. Um, what my strengths are, what my areas for uh, or opportunities for improvement are, and where I can balance those two and bring my strengths to bear where they are needed, but also enhance my strengths by um, improving the areas where it may not be well received and things like. So over time, actually um, being more analytical about that. So it, it has not necessarily been an emotional process, which is also if we want to go back to knowing thyself, not emotional, not an empath. I'm logical and reason. And there's a lot of reason. And a lot of times um, that can be criticized for taking a logical, thoughtful approach and um, being more clinical about things. But mm -hmm. over time in in applying what I had come to discover as my strengths, because those were the things that people came to me for. Mm -hmm. They said, hey, I know you're good at this or, hey, I want to bounce something off you because I know that you're going to assess it in a certain way. And over time, again, back to that experience, I grew in confidence in what my strengths were. And so I carry those with me. That's what I present first. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to apologize for those things because they are things that the workplace needs. They are things that, you know, relationships need. And what you have to do is recalibrate yourself to on the spectrum of your strengths on what you're going to lead with and how strong. 
Yep. Um, and, and, and so that's where that confidence comes from. And uh, again, I'll go back to, I know we're not going to get into Myers-Briggs and disc profiles and all of those sorts of things. But I also know that, especially for those that either don't know me or may not appreciate those strengths such as they are, that it can come off as, as, um, offensive or abrasive mm -hmm. or goodness knows arrogant. And so it, it is, trying to understand the threshold of confidence uh, and projecting that because there's value and, and people tend to gravitate towards that versus the arrogance that is off-putting and can diminish your effectiveness. I love that. And there's a few things that pop in my mind. One is psychological safety, is having the room prepared ahead of time. And the importance of that, that the personalities can all come in. And then my other thought that comes with that is whenever I first got my disc assessment, um, that was mine. I, I'm very fact based and I understand that. I know that feelings are not something that I, I, I like to have the information. I know I used to want to have like 5000 facts and now I've, I've dwindled it down to like five. And that's big for me. But the thing that was frustrating for me, and I think it was mistaught, was that I needed to not walk out in my strengths. I need to lessen my strengths so that it could not affect the confidence of others. But in essence, it affected my confidence because I didn't know how I was supposed to be. And I think that's really important, too, is that even listening to like those things, like I know what I am, I know what I'm supposed to be. That does not mean I come in and be very like I have a lot of energy. Not all rooms need as much energy as I can put out. I understand that. But I think the interesting part, too, is with some of those. And I'd love to get your insight on that is how can people walk this out? with knowing who they are, but also may struggle with, like for me, I struggle because I care for people so much. I'm a people pleaser. And so for me on that aspect, it was like, okay, Emily, just dial it all down and just be neutral. Literally my first DISC assessment, I was 50-50, 51, uh, 49. I literally was straight across the board. And now I'm a DI. If, mm -hmm. um, I, well, I guess I is my bigger one. But still, I didn't know how to walk out myself. So I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit, because I know that you do a lot in the leadership aspect as well. Well, and, and I took my first Myers-Briggs disc assessment in college, and it was, you know, it was one of those, the clouds part, the angels sing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is so me. And then you see that, oh, this is how others might perceive me. That could mm -hmm. be a problem. Um, mm -hmm. It might be great, but it could be a problem. And so um, I, I, again, over time and growth as um, as a leader, because I, I like in my leadership classes, I like to make the distinction between being a manager and being a leader. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to be a leader, regardless of what um, my particular title or role is. And so as that, I said, OK, what what are the things that that make leaders successful? And um, without followers, you you aren't a leader. And followers tend to follow someone that they trust and respect, and um, that they feel safe with, and and that they they feel like is looking out for them. Um, I I'm a quote junkie, and I'm in my office, and so one of the quotes that's right here from Simon Sinek is, 
leadership is not about being in charge. Leadership is about taking care of those in your charge. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and that's not because I'm not super nurturing. That's not about mother henning people. It's understanding that, that as a leader, that, that really is a big part of your role is making sure that those that you are leading are taken care of. And so um, I, I tried to distill what I knew about myself and what I knew about um, those that I, I wanted to be able to lead and say, okay, um, how, how do I get from where my comfort zone is to where their comfort zone is, where we can all be successful and recognizing, um, and it goes back to the, the platinum rule, which I, I think you've probably talked about on here before, but the platinum, you know, the golden rule, everybody's familiar with, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you, but the platinum rule is do unto others as they would have done unto them, you know, treat them like they want to be treated. So it has been a process for me to understand and say, I, and you know, this is not a, Hey, I'm sorry for being me, but I ask myself all the time, um, how can I not be me right now? Because how can I be, um, a, a different, um, side of me that is going to set, um, my team members up for success. And, and part of that is, is understanding. And, and I, I fully believe this and I've had many a debate about it. And, you know, that, that this probably could be a spinoff is I don't believe you can motivate other people. I think you can understand what motivates people and create an environment in which they can be motivated. And so, because what motivates me is probably light years different than a lot of other people and most of the people that are on my, my team that I'm leading. I, you know, I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some platinum rule out here and I'm going to ask them, um, what do you need from me? How can I support you? How can I take care of you? Because that sets you up for success. And, and that's, what's most important in a leadership role is, is making sure that we're all successful together and surrounding, Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with people that are not like you, that are better um, at things than you are and, and that are certainly have an aptitude for things that you don't. For people that are listening into this, how can they walk that out a little bit better of knowing themselves and knowing who they are and listening to the gut? As we say, serotonin 90% is actually in our gut. So people think it's a brain thing, but it's actually a gut thing. That's where our safety, security, and net is. But I see sometimes people just they just ignore it or they think it's this funny feeling or they think it's spiritual or they think it's whatever. It's like this hogwash when it's actually physiology. Um, but I'd love your input. How can we help people um, that are apologizing for wearing skinny jeans and sporting a side part to be more confident in who they are, but also not th- dismissing others through the process? Well, I think the, um, the, the strength and peace that, that coming uh, that, that come from knowing you know, who you are. So first of all, you have to pay attention and not dismiss all the signs <laughs> that are like, nope, that's you. You know, you, you can't deny it. Um, and, and, and so just stop because stop denying who you are, because um, interestingly enough, um, when you're stressed, you are less likely to be able to accommodate um, what others need you to be. You're going to default. Uh, you know, it's that fight or flight. I'm going to do what's comfortable. I'm going to do what's natural. Um, and so if if you are denying who you are, that is a stressor. 
And so you can't, you know, you can't get comfortable with that baseline of who you are, which means that you can't adapt. So, mm -hmm. so if you're stressing yourself by denying who you are, by ignoring all of these signals, um, then you're not going to be able to be something more for people. Um, but, you know, what I find really interesting, and again, usually the first time that people go through a disc profile or, or whatever, and, and they're reading this and they, they're just shocked that some, you know, answering a series of how many questions can, can just give them a summary of who they are, and then um, they can read how others perceive them. And so, first of all, it comes from accepting, okay, this is who I am. Second, it comes from understanding that just because you're comfortable in your skin does not mean that others are going to respond to you that well. And how important is it to you that others respond to you in a certain way, in a positive way? Um, and then wanting to recalibrate yourself mm -hmm. um, and, and saying, so when I, when I teach classes about this, um, it's what I say. I said, I'm giving you information. This is not, I, I, no guarantees that um, just because you understand someone, they're going to make you crazy any less. I, you know, there's, I am not making you any promises, but at least you will understand why they get on your nerves and you will say, okay, so how can in my confidence in myself, I understand how I am also making them crazy. And so it goes back to win-win negotiations. How can we meet in the middle of our strengths and our personalities to find the best outcome for all of us. Um, but, it, but it has to be, um, and I also say this in my classes, I say, look, I know this sounds like a lot of work because you're like, I've got all these things to do. I don't have time to pause and think about how somebody else is going to perceive me and how I might need to soften something or how, um, another side story. So I, I am an introvert. I am totally happy, head down, you know, getting tasks out. And when I first got into a, a management role, um, uh, because I wanted to be a leader and I understood all this, I said, okay, I, I have an entire team of people that need me to come say good morning to them. They need me to come out of my office and be like, how's your weekend? And so I literally put a calendar reminder on that said, get out of your office and talk to people. Um, so was that my comfort zone? Was that where I was happy? No. But I also knew that other people needed that for me. And I, it's not that I didn't care about them because I did very, very much. And I still do. But the way I show that I care, you know, if you want to talk about your love languages, I show I care by doing things, not by hugging you, not by talking to you, but other people need that. Now, I know we can't hug in the workplace and especially not right now, but whatever they need for you in an appropriate workplace setting is uh -huh. to be able to do that. And, and so that, that's what, um, so I say that because again, that the know thyself, there's great mm -hmm. power in knowing thyself and then knowing what other people need from you and then making an active choice to do that and not dismissing that they're experiencing something differently than you or that, that you cannot even possibly relate. So I, I said earlier, I'm not an empath. That has been a big revelation to me to understand how I receive other people who are empaths. And so to say, all right, well, we are clearly on other ends of the spectrum. So, all right, I need to, I need to um, not fake empathy because you can't fake empathy, but I need to logically and reasonably say, okay, they are really experiencing this. I need to meet them where they are 
And, you know, maybe if I don't come across as completely dismissive of whatever they're experiencing, uh -huh. they won't feel like they need to emote so much. <laughs> yep. And so we can come to this middle ground and, and I can, you know, I can be a little less comfortable in my skin and they can, they can be more comfortable than I'm not dismissing what they're experiencing. So I know those are some, you know, it seemed like that also not a linear thought train, but I mean, it, it is every day. It is something different and I fail at it every day, but every time I fail, I go, oh, yeah, I could have done that differently. Let's not do that again. And that's the point that that it is that every day. And that's the one thing that I love about learning is it's not linear. So and, and I understand the one percent better principle, but some days you're going to be 25 percent worse. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so in average, let's get an average of being better daily, because the thing is, is that that is life like understanding. And, and it makes me think of even like my husband learning like our actually if I actually pulled up our disc yesterday. We both did them. I'm a DI. He's an SC. Um, and how do we communicate better? And it's not to come in. And that's the one thing that I love that you're talking about. And I think we've hit on it a lot of times with this podcast is being unapologetically bold is not that you get to walk out in your dominance and say, this is who I am. This is how I act. It's understanding who you are and understanding what best ways that we can have conversations, what best ways that we can know ourselves so that we can help others walk out in that confidence, or we can actually help communicate. And it's more over those win-win situations that are so important to understanding that we're all different. And one of my things that my listeners have heard me say a billion times, I don't like like-minded people. I like like-hearted. I want to have a mission, but my best growth is whenever I've been around people that do not think like me and I got to work um, because they're going to come up with cooler ideas than I can ever thought of. Like, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. If I am, I need to leave that room. And I, I think this, in essence, sums up a lot of what we've talked about in the past and in, in past podcasts, too, that I just think is just so beautiful. So I am so grateful for you. I am I like. Y'all see why I'm excited that I get her like I can I can have her in like just a short drive. Um, You're such an amazing woman. You are. You. I love the work that you do. I love your heart. Um, And I love just the care that you have for people, because that's really what the first time I heard you you talk um, in a meeting. I'm like, oh, she gets it. She gets, she understands people. And I, and I, now I see, I think it's a lot of your analytical too, of seeing that's a power. It's a superpower. And, and that a lot of people are like, oh God, they're just nerds. Like they just like look at books and they just type out. And I'm like, nah, you need your analytical people. You really do. Um, and I think that's important. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And, and I want to say thank you for all that have listened. I hope you have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.